0: I'm tired of talking about Black History Month. I'm tired of hearing about Black History. I'm tired of talking about these issues. Those are like the sentiments that I've heard over the month as it relates to Black History Month or just the talk of anything that has to do with racism and discrimination. Tired of talking about it tired of hearing about it. Imagine living it. This is the last day of Black History Month 2021, but this is just the beginning of the latest episode of Let's Chew the Gum. Welcome back. Welcome to Let's Chew the Gum. I'm your host, Protocol. We talk a lot about a lot of things in this show while we choose to come. And just like every show, we always have things for your mind. Welcome back to Let's to the Gum, the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z. We're so glad to have you today, this last day of February 2021, which happens to be the last day for of uh, Black History Month for 2021. We started out uh, season two um, just this month. Um, ironically, we started or coincidentally, we started it out on uh, national chewing gum day or national bubble gum day um, that was fitting for let's chew the gum um, as always feel free to send any inquiries to our email address at let's chew the gum at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you um, your questions or thoughts about any of the episodes from season one even especially season two this month uh, we've been discussing a lot as it relates to black history month uh, why it started. Um, how it started, why it's still important to teach it. And we've taken a few questions from audience members as well. So it's been uh, it's been a good month for uh, this podcast. Um, t- today we're talking about. Uh, since this is the last day of Black History Month of the year, we're really discussing the importance of it. Um, you heard in the intro um, the discussion about folks being tired of hearing about it, tired of talking about it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, This is uh, not surprising. Uh, A lot of folks are tired of talking about it, but the idea is imagine living it. Um, How can we talk about it or not talk about it and expect it to go away? It's like, uh, and when I say go away, I mean racism and discrimination. It's like going to a. Doctor's office with an ailment. Can you imagine the the doctor telling you, "Well, let's let's just not talk about it, and it'll go away on its own"? Or imagine the doctor telling you that he's tired of hearing about your ailment, and uh, if you don't talk about it, it'll go away. Uh, We we know that that's uh, nonsense. Um, I uh, happen to have been a part of a documentary that was recently released. Um, entitled I am a man and uh, one of the questions that was posed to the panelists had to do with the same factor of uh, the same idea I should say of folks being tired of talking about it I I think that um, I want to bring on a guest today I haven't uh, invited a guest on the show this year But um, I think it's fitting today to have me uh, help me close out Black History Month um, on the show. So stand by. I'm going to I'm going to give a call and uh, see if I can uh, plug this guest into the show. And if we're successful, um, I'll introduce you. Let's make the call. Here we go. Good morning. Professor. Good morning. Good morning. We are, we are live on, on, on the recording. I'm so glad you were able to take this, this, uh, call last minute. I, you are the, uh, first guest on the show for, for, for this season. I haven't invited anyone yet. So you're the first.
1: Wow. Well, thank you. I feel very, especially, you know, this last Friday of Black History Month. So thank you for that.
0: No, absolutely. I, I was just opening the uh, show and discussing the same, that it's the last day of Black History Month. And um, I had began talking with the audience about uh, how some folks had the idea that they were tired of hearing about these topics. And, and I had mentioned the fact that I was a, a part of a documentary that i'm, I'm going to introduce you and the documentary soon where that very uh response or very uh, that topic came up last night so let me let me first introduce you and I'm, I'm not gonna do justice to your introduction like i should but i'm gonna let everyone know that i have with me uh on the show today uh, regina bell witherspoon who is a um in in my estimation a very accomplished and revered woman in our community. And um, she's done so much for for our community and I'm happy to have her. She is the uh, producer and creator of the documentary I had mentioned before. And uh, rather than me um, introduce the documentary, can you you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, And thank you for the opportunity and also um, for that beautiful Introduction. Um, not sure that I live up to all of that, but I appreciate it. Um, the documentary actually is called "I Am a Man," and um, really, to be honest with you, Doctor, um, what moved me to create the documentary was, of course, the horrific murder we all witnessed of George uh, Floyd. Uh, I was angry. I was frustrated. I was um, scared, especially, uh, as a mother and wife and daughter, black men. Um, I honestly believe that each time we find ourselves in those situations, it's a call upon us to do something. Um, the question becomes, what do we do? And so, what I thought that I could do that would have purpose and meaning and be able to open up um, discussion, but, but beyond that, also move people to do something um, that was purposeful, was to get these voices collectively together of black men, of black men that I know, that I respect, that I have had the opportunity to work with and observe and see their contributions here in the high desert, get them together to talk about the impact of racism on their lives. And so um, back in June of last year, uh, in two days, um, we videotaped uh, or filmed um, 17 men um, of just diverse backgrounds, um, multi-generational, you know, to really talk about the impact of racism on their lives. And um, I just, you know, I've seen this now so many times, of course, because going through the editing process and all that. But um, I still, it, it, each and every time I see it, I take a, another nugget, another gem, and I am just in awe of the honesty um, that came out. And that's exactly what I was after, was the honesty of the impact um, that racism has had on their lives. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure that that answers all of your question or exactly what you asked, but, but that, that's what the documentary is about.
0: No, it it, it does. And it, it goes beyond what, what I was initially asking. And, and I appreciate, you know, the, I appreciated the initial invitation of being asked to be a part of, of, of such an important documentary. And it was, uh, just as pleasurable to be able to be a part of the screening last night to, to witness and, and see everyone else that participated, you know, some of the uh, gentlemen I know personally, um, there was even one who was a former student of mine. And and of course my, my son was in, was in the documentary, but I think it's really, really important that uh, those types of documentaries are, are available for individuals to see. And I I just, um, I'm, I'm not shocked, but when I, when I hear people say that, um, and, and you remember this again from the, uh, panelists last night, um, the idea came up or the question was asked, uh, about, you know, individuals being tired that, you know, the reason that discrimination, discrimination and racism persist is because we have these conversations or because we talk about these, these topics. Um, prior to bringing you on the show, I mentioned, you know, can you imagine going to the doctor with an ailment and the doctor says, well, you know, we don't want to talk about that. If, if if you just don't talk <laughs> about it, it'll it'll go away. I mean, can you imagine that? Right. So, you know, what would you say to folks that that suggests or posit that the problem persists because we're talking about it?
1: Well, then I think that's the problem, Um, and the problem lies with the person whose mindset is that, whose spirit tells them that. And I think at the the nexus of that is the fact um, that they themselves are uncomfortable. They themselves may not want to face a truth that is not pretty. And that no matter how they try to massage it, no matter how they try to uh, hide it, no matter how they try to not address it, it still keeps coming back because it is a truth. You know, um, we're often taught um, or told uh, appropriateness, right? So it is not appropriate. Um, There used to be a time in our society where uh, in mixed company, so to speak, you didn't talk about religion, or politics, right? Right. Well, we definitely have moved past that, you know. Um, But I think because there's such a lack of understanding, sometimes in circles um, with people particularly of non-color, there's such a lack of, of misunderstanding. There is such an uncomfortable myth, because who on earth would want to admit that their ancestors their descendants, you know, um, their their great grandparents and grandparents contributed to such a horrific um, injustice on a culture of people simply because of color. Who wants to Who wants to own that? Right. Absolutely. And then when when, when people have to come face to face with. Which side of history are you on? Your own, did you do something about it or did you let it lie? Do you not want to talk about it because there's benefits and values that you're receiving and you don't want that to change? Or you're afraid if that changes, what that means to you? I mean, you know, it, it, it for me it comes down to clearly um, just the sense of power and 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 not wanting to face a certain ugly truth. And so when people say that, that's kind of where I go with that is like, why would you feel that? This history is not incorporated into our American history, right? So where do we get this if we don't educate ourselves, if we don't educate ourselves and educate others? There's no denial about all these wonderful things that we're seeing. Every day people are using their their social media platforms to share nuggets, to share information. There's no denying about whether those things are true or not. That's true. That's part of our American history. So where do we get that outside of sharing, educating, discussing with one another? So if you're tired of that, are you as tired of that? hearing that as you are about George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, right? You know? And so I think it's just the fact that it's very uncomfortable because there's an admission of truth that they are not yet willing to have. And I, you know, I, for one said, we don't back down on that. You know, I'm sorry if that's the way you're feeling, but let's explore why you're feeling that way. There you go. Because this will not go away. So, you know i um I hear that, but I guess I'm rather dismissive of that because I think that that's somebody else's issue, and that issue exists because that that individual, that group, um, whomever it is that is making those statements, is not ready to face the truth of what the impact of why we have to have one month mm. a year, you know. Um, the truth of why we have to acknowledge it and recognize it that way. Let's deal with that.
0: Yes, indeed. You know, it's something that, you know, I I have not heard anyone, you know, say they're they're tired of talking about uh, Pearl Harbor or the Holocaust or. Uh, the Revolutionary War or, or, or any of any of the uh, uh, any other atrocities that that we may know about it in history. But this particular one and, and I'll take it a, a step further. I think that the problem exists in terms of racism and discrimination because it hasn't been talked about enough. Right. For especially for young people, you know, young people that may grow up and they they see these things. Uh, occurrences in society—they see these adverse relationships between groups, and they have no. If we don't talk about it, they don't have a reference to understand why, and, and they begin to think it's it's commonplace or or it's normal uh, for these things to occur, and and so it's important that we talk about it so that they understand that this history and where this comes from, and where certain animosities or injustices, you know, um, have their origin, so that they can be better equipped to do something about it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's, I just wanted to, to highlight that, that notion of tired of, of talking about it. You know, as I said before, imagine living it, imagine living it day to day.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, imagine living it, but again, I, I put it back on, that that person or that organization or group who's making such a statement, you know, where, where does that really come from? Let's get to the essence of that. Is it tired of talking about it because it makes you uncomfortable? Let's talk about that. Then why are you uncomfortable? Yes. Let's I'm... talk about that. You know what I'm saying? Let's really drill down and find the basis of it because just you being tired of hearing it, you know, um does not mean that we cease to have the conversation that we cease to bring forth the information that we cease moving forward to make the changes that are necessary if we are who we say we are as americans right
0: absolutely absolutely i was i was jotted down some uh some thoughts you know I had been up for a couple of hours because this was was on my mind I was so inspired by by the, uh, seeing the documentary last night and and uh, you know a few things came to mind as to why we should talk about it right for 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 young uh, young people right if, if they don't don't see themselves how can they have a, a reference point to emulate that so you know if, if they can see it they can believe it right and and then if they can believe yeah. it then they can achieve it and be it right so so that's important. Right. And and for those that may be uh, on the other end of the spectrum, right, that aren't aware, if they are aware, then they can choose to care. Right. If, if I'm not yeah. aware of something, how can I how can I take action to care uh, about it or, or to make some type of change? So, you know, those are those are just some of the, the thoughts that that uh, that I, I woke up to earlier this morning as I, you know, pondered the. Uh, the documentary
1: and you know in, in some circles uh professor that it's thought that you know uh i mean because we've heard this recently right we've heard this recently um in the news cycles and and in our society that you know racism doesn't really exist you know institutionalized racism or uh systemic racism doesn't really exist right and 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 i i want to be really clear we're in 2021 correct
0: last time i checked
1: and for someone to really be able to not only form that thought but speak it out it's like wow where have you been what what planet are you living on right and so you're absolutely correct that if we do not bring forth not just the, the negativity of the issue of racism, but if we do not bring forth the in spite of we thrive as a people teaching not just our children, our youth, but all youth. This is who we are. This is where we come from. Right? Absolutely. We have problems because to, to your point, if young people can see it, they are empowered to believe they are it and surpass. Yes. Right? But if you don't see that, you know, I got to be honest. I thought, in my lifetime that I would never see an African-American president
0: for sure right for sure
1: you know however all of these young people that are a part of of this now generation had an opportunity a lot of them when they when they were born it was a black president right so Their first exposure to a president was there's a black man in the
0: white house wow you know i've I've never even pondered that 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 that's amazing to even to even think about not not something that you know not only did I not think that that would happen in my lifetime, but just to look at it from that perspective where that you just proposed, I never thought for some young people the first president they saw was an african american president
1: absolutely, wow, yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. You know, I'm I'm going to we're going to take a, a quick break. And uh, then I, if you're able to, I'd like to to come back and, and talk a little bit more about this topic, but also about your organization and some of the other things that that you've been involved in and, and the offerings that you have for our community. Would that be OK? That'd
1: be fine. Thank you.
0: OK, so you're listening to Let's To The Gum, the podcast where we talk about. Everything from A to Z while we chew the gum. Remember, if you have questions for myself or you'd like to submit questions for our guests, please email them to let's chew the gum at gmail dot com. You can catch this podcast on the station where you're listening or anywhere else that podcasts are produced or outlets. Thank you. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to our sponsors We're back. You're with Let's Chew the Gum. I'm your host, Protocol. And with me today, I have Regina Bell Witherspoon, the producer and creator of the documentary we've been discussing. I am a man. And I want to give some time to uh, a little bit more time to discuss the documentary. But also, I want you guys to to be able to hear uh, from our guests yourselves about some of the other things that that she's involved in and also how you can uh, screen this documentary if you're interested um I, i was i was thinking this morning that you know when i again back to folks being tired of talking about this you know there are so many statutory and moral violations that that you know, go along with this, when we look at discrimination and racism, you know, I have had episodes um, earlier where I talked about or in my classes, talk about the ending of slavery and, and folks often say, well, it it ended because it was, you know, morally wrong. And, And I quickly point out that, you know, if it was morally wrong in folks' eyes, why did it last so long? Hundreds of years, right? It was right. morally wrong from the beginning, mm-hmm. and and I know that there are folks that that see it as a moral wrong, but that wasn't enough to stop it. And instead, it you know was economics. You know, you can't compete with slavery. You know, you, as you have a population growing and, and the nation expanding, as slavery expands with it, you yeah. aren't you aren't getting any jobs. So you had so many folks that wanted it to end because of economics, not because you know they love the poor Negroes or whatever, right? And I know some right. did but it was an economic situation but but you know and, and those things persist so with the you know we have a constitution we are a nation of laws so there's so many violations and so many reasons for this discussion to continue until we have firmly eradicated you know discrimination and racism you know what i mean mm-hmm. absolutely so so yeah well i think
1: uh, well i'm sorry go no ahead. no you
0: go right ahead
1: No, I was going to say, one of them um, to that point uh, within the documentary, I think it was Dr. King, um, Derek King, um, who spoke to uh, how uh, we were never seen, black folks, were never seen as human beings. We were seen as property. And so that has been uh, written and uh, definitely very visible throughout um, not just. Uh, the Constitution, but Bill of Rights, you know, I mean all of these things um, uh, that govern us, right? This governance of us, because we were not seen as I mean, even being brought here we were not seen as human beings, we were seen as property right? So having these inalienable human rights didn't apply to us, you know? And I think that's where we fail a lot of times to go back and realize this is, this is the truth of, of why there are these injustices. I mean, it's very... Um, I don't want to make it sound so simplistic, but at the, at the essence, at the core of it for me, it is that we were always seen as less than human, right? And and so therefore, our rights, our needs, how we were to be treated was always looked at through that microscope, I believe, through that lens, right? Yes. And then now we get to a point where we all know that's not the case but now we're talking about economics and now we're talking about power. Right? And when a certain group of people have had a hold on that power for so long, that's not something that they're easily going to let go. So I think that that's kind of, for me, how I frame it and look at what we have going on and why.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, in a, in a previous show i kind of i touched upon that also and and you know suggested that you know sometimes when when folks have been left out of the you know the uh economic situation within the nation and they've strived to to create their own whether it was uh uh you know at uh, black wall street in, in tulsa oklahoma or you know other uh, locations throughout the united states where folks of african african descent have gotten together to collectively you know produce and sustain themselves economically you know uh folks even looked at that you know it, it wasn't a, a situation of asking you know to share or to be a part of was saying hey well if we you know want to uh, reference a favorite movie of mine you know when they started making the wagon you know circling the wagons they didn't allow us to circle in the wagons with them so we made our own but somehow that was still looked at as a threat and something to envy where it felt as if you know, they had A to threat. destroy.
1: A threat, independent, right? A threat. Yeah, I, I, I think we have to look at it and, and and professor. That's why it's so critically important that while we are having this moment of recognition and celebration and of our accomplishments as people of color and lifting us up and empowering us, it is important that we also ask ourselves, which tables are we sitting at where we are impacting, affecting change to policy, to legislation, where we are breaking up that so-called sacred ground of white privilege? That's important work that we need to be about every single day, right? And so while I I am the first to say, I mean, you asked me to talk a little bit about um, our nonprofit uh, uh, foundation, Dreamers, Visionaries, and Leaders, Um, I am every day, um, you know, on the front line of trying to make inroads, but I'm also very conscious that those inroads need to be made at tables where change actually takes place, meaning that's voted on. Meaning that's reviewed and approved, right meaning that's woven into the very structure of how we function, right uh, how we provide oversight and management of those fundamental things that have affect our life I am so I'm so tired of hearing about the disparities I mean with this covid nineteen the disparities that exist and are are profoundly impacting communities of color, I'm tired of hearing that, right? But if we are not at the tables um, and, and part of the decision-making bodies who says where those vaccines go, who oversees where those vaccines go, right? If we are not a part of those processes, then we start to have disparities, right? because we're not in a position to narrow the opportunity to put eyes on and know that we've got the power of the law behind us to make sure right is happening. Fairness is, is, is happening. Right. And so I just say this morning that let, yeah, let's continue to celebrate. Let's not just be relegated to, um, you know, uh um, um, 20-some-odd days of a, of a month, you know, or out of a year that we are upholding and embracing um, and feeling empowered and emboldened in a lot of ways um, because of our heritage and who we come from. And, and the things that we are constantly doing, I mean, the history that we are constantly making on a daily basis yes let's embrace and be emboldened by all of that but let's also not take our eyes off the fact that we need to be doing way more and pushing forward to get our seats at the tables where this policy and legislation and oversight is being provided that's where our power lies
0: absolutely we we have to absolutely be be doing that you know folks uh asked me earlier this this month uh, you know what are, what am I what am, what are you teaching for uh, what are you doing for black history you know and, and I just you know chuckled inside it, it was like you know uh, this one-time thing you know what are you what are you doing for a valentine's day almost type deal and I thought you know I said uh, yeah you know i I'm, I'm I said well it's it it's it's an ongoing thing. It's it's not what am I doing for Black History? You know, I, I can't teach history, U.S. history, world history, with without teaching Black history. So it, it's all the without. time. It, it's a part of it. It it's it's history, you know. And although I do recognize and appreciate the importance of the recognition of Black History Month, like you said, we are not relegated to you know twenty eight days and every four years twenty nine days to you know to be honored and encouraged and emboldened to to act and and produce and and what what have you but it, it is ongoing It it is ongoing and and uh so so very important you 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 mentioned and, and i want to make sure that my listeners hear your non-profit is dreamers visionaries and leaders correct
1: yeah yeah
0: t- t- let t- talk a little bit about the the impetus or the the well, you, you mentioned a little bit about the inspiration, but um, what what is dreamers, visionaries, and leaders? What what is it all about, and what is the core mission?
1: You know that has changed um, uh, over the years. I started it back in two thousand nine, actually, um, and really uh, the the inspiration for starting the organization was simply here in the high desert. I noticed that. Some years we would have great celebrations of Black History Month. And then, uh, you know, other years, there may be little to nothing that was really going on. Um, And I thought, you know what, we need to have something that's a bit more consistent. So in short, um, what I started out doing with dreamers, visionaries, and leaders is I thought there are so many um, African-Americans here. Our history is so rich here in the high Desert. Um, While I absolutely bow down in honor and gratitude to all of those, um, uh, you know, iconic historical figures that have gone before whose shoulders I stand on, um, I also thought there are people who are part of our living history that are here in the high desert that have gone unnoted, unrecognized, um, and not celebrated and so I started out in two thousand and nine, um, really, just with the the idea that I at least my contribution and I would be um, consistent every year, was to put together a um, uh, uh, a uh, insert that went into our um, uh, local newspaper, and it was a thirty two page special insert, um, they call it a tabloid um, that went into our newspaper. And it was just filled with um, bios and information on African Americans who were here in the high desert. Um, And I mean, that started off with Dr. Gerard Brown, who came here uh, in the 70s uh, as an oral surgeon. And he was the only African American oral surgeon here in the high desert, right? Serving the whole high desert, Mm. not just victorville but in the entire high desert and to date he is the only african-american oral surgeon that has ever been in this area well dr gerard brown did a number of things beyond his profession while he was here i mean um and achieved um, so many awards and accolades and all of that kind of stuff he has since passed on he passed on in the 90s and he has since passed on but that history that legacy the imprint that he left here on the high desert was amazing. And, you know, I, as an African-American, was definitely a benefactor of that. But it wasn't just African-Americans who are benefactors from that, right? He created a reading program. And I mean, just, and he's just one of, of many, right? And so I started off with wanting to highlight and, and feature those type of individuals, as well as those who were creating Living History. And so we did that um, for a number of years by honoring African Americans in our community. And so to date, our organization has recognized 188 individuals in this community for professional accomplishments, as well as their community service. Um, We no longer produce the um, 32-page insert, but what we do... Uh, do is we've now moved to more of a video platform and we are um, recording those histories of those individuals and sharing those out and um, we have a Facebook page, <clears throat> excuse me dreamers visionaries and leaders Facebook page and on that Facebook page you will find many of those um, uh, stories, videotaped stories about uh, a number of people here in our community also on our DVL website, um, There's, uh, If you go to the gallery, there is a wealth of information um, and that can be seen, be viewed uh, via video and photographs and that kind of thing. And on the site itself is a lot of information about the uh, 188 individuals that I've mentioned that have been honored through our organization. One of the things I'm most proud of is that in uh, 2012, actually, we established a scholarship program, and we started out by naming those scholarships after five uh, uh, individuals here in the high desert that we felt were were legacy namesakes, and so I I referenced Dr. Gerard Brown, or talked a little bit about him earlier. Uh, Of course, Dr. Gerard Brown is one of our, our scholarship Uh, our legacy scholarship, Um, uh, Bishop Nathaniel Ruffin, who is is very well known and commonly recognized throughout um, not only the high desert, but San Bernardino County um, Mm -hmm. is also one of our our legacy scholarship namesakes. Um, uh, Leona Greiner, who came here in 1933, um, and it just was an outstanding, I mean, just an awesome fiber, uh, art, uh, artist and glass, uh, artist. She, you know, she, um, just an amazing woman, uh, who was just kind of mother to the community. Um, and, um, she is also one of our legacy namesake scholarships. Uh, and, um, also, uh, a lady by the name of Anna Subi, who, uh, ran choice medical group for a number of years as their uh, CEO and administrator. Um, she is also one of our legacy uh, namesakes. and then there is um, recently Garner Morris, mm-hmm. who we call Mr. Victorville. We lost Mr. Morris last year and you know that 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 loss is still very fresh to me but um, Mr. Morris, who had done so much for this community to the point that he had um, really earned the title of being um, uh, Mr. Victorville, because he was so involved from everything from politics to making sure that there was nobody um, on, that he knew of that was hungry or homeless. Um, and so Mr. Morris's family has now established a, a legacy namesake uh, scholarship uh, through our DBO Foundation. And so to date, um, Professor, we have provided um, well over 40 students here in the high desert with scholarships. Um, We've worked with a number of of, um, Southern uh, California Edison, um, you know, has been a strong benefactor not only to our scholarship program, but we also have a scholar mentor program, which I think is unique because each of our scholarship recipients um, have access to a mentor that agrees to stay with them for their undergrad experience. Um, and I think you as an educator um, already can see the power in that. Um, we want our students to get through their programs successfully and to get through their programs efficiently, right, so that they can get to the business um, of, of whatever that major is that they have, if it's medicine, if it's law whatever it is, we want them to be able to move forward and get to that and to be encouraged along their journey. And, you know, a lot of times, um, especially if if it's a first-year college, you know, from the family, I'm the first to go to college, Um, there are a lot of challenges that can occur for that particular student. And so we find with having those mentors, it helps a lot to be able to have somebody to help you to navigate that experience in your life so you know we're doing a lot of those, that kind of work we do um uh partner with our county libraries and our museum to bring forth exhibitions um that showcase uh, black art black work um you know and and tell our stories you know um we we also are involved um for the past eight years um uh last year was my last year december the 4th Um, i served as deputy director for our first district supervisor and so of course my exposure to the community was huge and great and i was able um fortunately because the supervisor was so supportive of the work that i was doing through dvl it afforded me to be at, at various tables and um to be able to make sure that black and brown representation was at those tables. Um, And that's also an extension of the work uh, of DBL. So, you know, um, uh, in a nutshell, what we're trying to do is make sure that we are helping to create as well as preserve the history of people of color. Um, We're a multicultural organization, um, but we started off with the focus being African-American, um, because I wanted to make sure that we were being celebrated and recognized and appropriately honored within our community for all of the contributions that have been made, that are being made, and that will come. Um, so that's the mission, actually, um, of DVL. And um, also, you know, as, as, with anything, you know, you can have the best laid plans, but sometimes you go off script, right? Yes. And so, in that, also, we've been able to do um, a couple of documentaries. And this, I Am a Man, is our latest project um, uh, that we contribute to that documentary category. Um, and we are proud um, to be able to do that kind of work and very proud that, um, you know, the, the sponsorship source that we need to make sure that that type of work can be done is here in our community. Um, we're settling on the grind, working to cultivate more of that, not just for ourselves, but for others um, who have similar or like uh, desires uh, of telling the stories of, uh, you know, bringing forth the conversations that are sorely needed and most often missed you know. um, So that's kind of the work of of my foundation, which is is 12 years old. Um, That's kind of the work of what we're doing. And I I will tell you, um, Professor, that I'm I'm completely open to always growing, being better, doing more, if we can. But whatever we do, we want to do with the spirit of excellence and a standard of excellence. Um, And so that's critically important, too, because quite often we have great intentions but if we are not doing it with the spirit of excellence, a lot of times our work gets um, unnoticed and negated and dismissed. And that those are things that we don't ever want to be because we believe that the work that we're doing is significant.
0: Very, very. I, I'm, I'm just... Uh... You know, very very proud of the fact of of, of your you're doing that, and, and I've seen firsthand the the benefit of of the work that you're doing. So creating, preserving, and, and providing opportunities and and spaces for for voice and changes definitely needed. So I I, I just applaud you. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the documentary goes, if folks want to you know premiere or screen the documentary, how how can they do it? I I, I firmly believe it's necessary. And and I think that it it has a lot uh, for for everyone uh, that would have the opportunity to see it. How can they uh, gain access to be able to do that?
1: Sure. Let me just say this before I give that information out. um, That one, I want to thank you and your son. And I think it was so significant that we were able to have you both um, participate. And both of you dropped some um, just really profound nuggets um, throughout this particular documentary, and I am, I'm incredibly grateful that the two of you were able to participate and uh, uh, just wanted to say that. Um, yeah, we are, we are looking, I mean, you know, um, to have people engaged in wanting to screen this um, I think one of the things is that this film can also be screened in a um, space where where there are, um, that lends itself for conversation, for panel discussion and conversation, um, and it's a great way to ease into uh, the conversation of the impact of racism, right, yeah. um, with a diverse audience. And so if there are organizations or individuals who are interested, um, even I mean you know if you've got a book club, a, a Bible study, um, or if you represent an organization, you know um, I don't care if it's if it's rotary or if it's you know um, black history 101, um, if you're interested, um, we we are more than happy to try and accommodate and so the way you can do that is you can definitely go to our website which is dvlproject.com you will find on that page that there's information uh, on the film there's a preview of the film and that you will be able to email us Uh, you can also email me directly my email is regina at dvlproject.com and just you know, let us know what your request is. I do encourage everybody who is listening to at least visit our website where you can see a preview of the documentary, which will give you a feel for uh, the content of the documentary. Um, but, yeah, that's the way they can reach out to us. I'm kind of old school, so we also have a phone phone number, and that's 760-242-2487. Um, but we absolutely want to make this available to any and everybody who is interested in seeing it and interested in possibly engaging in dialogue and conversation uh around this particular issue.
0: Outstanding, outstanding. And and so there you've heard it, you know, all the information is there. I'll be sure to, you know, include the information uh within the description for this show's episode. Um, uh, you have been so, um, I- I'm so appreciative again of you, you coming on to, to speak with my audience and to speak with me. Um, again, this was, uh, a very inspirational conversation. I, I was so inspired again from, from watching the documentary and, and, and I'm always inspired. So for me to say I'm inspired, it- it's, you know, at, at a <laughs> high level because i I'm- I wake up inspired. I- it's-, it's just a part of me. So. It really did enliven me and, and invigorate me and, and continues to encourage me to to do even more um, to, you know, bring those important messages across and continue to help our youth develop and to, you know, help even our, our older populations to reimagine, you know, ourselves, themselves, and, and what it means to, to truly live in, a, in a, a country and in a world where, where everyone matters. You know what I mean? So, Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. And Professor, if I could just take this moment to say this, um, you know, what I really think is critically important is you were thanking me for, um, you know, inspiration and inspiring. But I want to turn that around and thank you. Um, You know, I think one of the things that we have really got to do um, more of uh, and possibly even better is exactly what brought us together is networking, is using our resources to lift each other up and to support each other, to band together, um, to bring new things forward, and and to be powerful in our stance, right? Um, Because there is power in numbers. And um, you have contributed to my numbers, in terms of being able to impact and affect this community in ways, um, you know, this, I have called on you. Um, it was not only with this particular documentary, but I also remember a um, year before when I called on you um, with regard to, to Harriet Tubman and a special screening that we did and contributing to a, um, a companion booklet that we did for students with that. And you answered that call. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm, my point really being is how imperative it is, how important it is that we network, that we take full advantage of those resources we have in one another. Um, and use those in ways that are powerful and impactful and, and really actually cultivates change. So I, I really want to take this moment publicly to say thank you to you for, be, for answering that call. And once again, when I placed the call um, to be a part of this documentary, not only did you show up, but you brought your son as well to be a part of. And so um, I'm, I, I am very grateful and very appreciative of you answering the call and then for the opportunity today to share with your audience. You use your platform to share with me, to promote those things um, that I am most committed to and believe in. And I just really humbly want to say thank you. I find it um, a deep privilege and I'm immensely grateful.
0: Uh, You're you're so more than welcome. And and I'm so, you know, um, just thankful that I'm able to be a part of it. It is an important work and, and I will most assuredly continue to support. So um, it, it's mutual and, and I'm, I'm humbled and honored. Um, so, so thank you again uh, to my audience. I hope that that you have enjoyed today's program, this very important program that that uh, uh, discussion that we're having on this last day of Black History Month for February, I'm sorry for 2021. So last day of Black History Month, but not at all the last day for the discussion so if you're tired uh right. you get some <laughs> we're Rest stuff we're, we're just getting started you've been listening to let's chew the gum the podcast where we talk about everything from a to z remember to send your follow-up questions emails or show topic ideas to let's the gum at gmail.com we thank you for listening and as always we have something
1: for you